0: Well, today we're continuing our series entitled, Let's Talk About It, where we talk about important topics like relational health and emotional health and physical health and spiritual health. And today we're going to talk about our thinking patterns because in life, our mindsets matter. Our mindsets matter. God cares not only about how we live on the weekend when we're at church, but also how we think throughout the week. And today I want to just invite you to have an open mind to what God wants to share with you. I believe he wants to give you new thoughts so that you can have a different life. And so I want to encourage you to just lean in, be willing to take notes today because I believe that there's going to be something that God wants to share with us today that will help us not only think different, but also live different. That's the title of my message today, Think Different, Live Different. Say it with me, Think Different, Different live different how we think really matters because how we think determines how we live researchers have found that we think on approximate on an, any average day we think approximately 70,000 thoughts imagine that 70,000 thoughts but you and I both know that not every thought we have is worth thinking i believe god wants us to invite him into our thinking patterns so that we can have a different thinking life. We need to actively ask God to help us discern whether what we're thinking is good and godly or whether it's the bad and the ugly of life. And I believe that today God is going to empower us through his spirit and through his word to help us win the war in our mind and have peace of mind. And I'm inviting you, even in your own heart right now, that you'd make that your appeal, that you'd ask God, God give me your mind. Give me peace of mind today. And I believe that if you ask God in faith and you take the steps that he puts before you, that you will have a different thinking life. I also believe that better is possible when it comes to our thinking patterns. I believe that God can give us better thoughts because his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. In fact, his thoughts and ways are higher than ours. And today we need God to help us move forward I've also found that better thinking builds a better future. If you want a better future, be willing to have better thoughts. I believe God's going to help us have better thoughts. And so with that in mind, I want to share with you three ways that you can upgrade your thinking and build a better future. And the way we're going to do that is by looking at the Word of God today. I want to invite you to join me in Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. We're going to look at the Word of God and discover how we can think Different and live different. As you're opening up your Bible, just want to share with you a little bit about this book of the Bible. It's written by a guy by the name of Paul. He was writing this while he was in prison. and He was telling people in the city of Philippi about how they needed to think different so that they could live different. He's telling them, don't think like the world, think more like God. So I invite you to just open your mind to what God wants to say through His Word today. I also just want to encourage you, I want to encourage you to ask God what he would want to speak to you and how you can think different. Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9, it says this, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. He's like a parent telling a kid before they go off to college all the final things that they need to pay attention to, or before they leave the house, or they go anywhere. We're saying, remember this, remember this. This is what Paul's doing here. He's telling us what's really important. He says this, fix your thoughts on what is true. Say fix. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learn and receive from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. And then he says, if you do all this, then the God of peace, say peace. peace, the God of peace will be with you. Paul's encouraging us to think different, to have better thoughts so we can have a better life and a better future. And today I want to share with you these three ways so we can think different and have a better future. The first one is this. Upgrade your thinking. Upgrade your thinking. Say it with me. Upgrade your thinking. Say it to yourself, not the person next to you. I know that's a temptation. You want to let them know that they need to upgrade their thinking, but we all need to upgrade our own thinking. I think many of us, we have old, outdated thinking. We have... Ways of thinking that are from the world and from our past. We're living for Jesus, but we're thinking like we used to. Jesus died on the cross to set us free, not only from our past, but also thinking patterns that don't honor God. And he's inviting us to take a giant leap forward in our thinking and allow him to renew and transform our mind. This is what God wants to do. He wants to upgrade our thinking because some of us, if we're real honest... We're churchy on the outside, but we're a little judgy on the inside. We meet people and we say, God bless you, but inside we're like, "Mm, they ain't going to make it. or "Mm, I can't believe they wore that to church. And we fail to realize that they're new to faith in Christ and they're just figuring it out. And the standard and expectation of God for them, he's constantly moving it forward and upward, but for us it's much higher and he's saying, don't think the way you used to. Think the way I think. And this is what Paul is saying to us in Philippians 4.8. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. He's saying, abandon your old way of thinking and think more like God. When Paul tells us to fix our thoughts It's a revolutionary idea. I know this may be a surprise to you, but when Paul says fix your thoughts, he's actually saying fix your thoughts. He's saying actually work on them. Just don't walk through life thinking the way you used to. Actively fix how you think. And the way we can fix how we think is by fixing what we focus on in our mind. Because how we think determines how we live. He's inviting us to fix our focus. And when he says the word fix, your thoughts, what he's actually referring to is the word picture of a rancher who puts blinders on a horse so the horse doesn't run any which way. It runs straight the way the master wants them to run. Many of us, we need to let God fix our thoughts, put blinders on the thoughts that don't honor him and instead fix our eyes permanently on him and allow us to have his thinking so we can have his future. We need to fix our focus because our thoughts shape our focus. Uh, Our thoughts sharpen our focus and our focus shapes our future. Our thoughts, they sharpen what we focus on and what we focus on will shape the future that that God has for us. Here are a couple ways to upgrade your thinking. The first one is this, turn ants into pets. Now, I'm not talking about going outside and collecting a whole bunch of ants from the ant pile and bringing them into your house. No, that's a bad idea. But what I'm actually referring to is turn ants, which are automatic negative thoughts, into pets, which are positive, empowering thoughts. Turn ants into pets. Automatic negative thoughts into positive, empowering thoughts. I believe God wants to step in and transform our mind. Many of us, if we're real honest, we have automatic negative thoughts all day, every day, morning, noon, and night. Whether we're with people or we're by ourselves, we have these negative thoughts And we're attacked by the fire ants of life. I think many of us, the reason why we have automatic negative thoughts is because we have a playlist in our mind from our past, a playlist that plays on repeat, of the negative things that people said to us when we were growing up, or maybe the negative things that people spoke to us in a previous relationship. You're married now to someone who loves you, but you're constantly remembering what someone in your past that God took out of your life, they said about you, and you've brought it into the relationship you're in right now. And God's saying, I want to liberate you from that automatic negative thought, and I want you to think instead positive, empowering thoughts. Many of us, we have this playlist in our mind from people from our past. We're reminded that they said to us that we were stupid, we were dumb, we were worthless, we'd never make it, that we weren't worth investing in. Some of us, we experienced spiritual abuse where they would say, God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. He's forgotten you. God will never forgive you. Today, God wants us to address the ants in our life. I want to share a spiritual truth with you. Is the enemy speaks automatic negative thoughts? That's the language of the enemy. Automatic negative thoughts. And if you're not sure of what you're thinking is an automatic negative thoughts, I want to give you four defining features of automatic negative thoughts. These are the defining features of how God speaks to us. He persecutes us. He's persistent when he speaks to us. What he says is pervasive. It wants to impact every ever our life, and he wants us to. Con- he wants to convince us that. We'll never make it, that we are just the way that we are. I believe that many of us, we hold on to the ants in our life. Why? Because we're more comfortable with the devil that we know than the God we don't. And I believe that God wants to speak life and hope over us. See, the enemy, he persecutes us. In fact, one of the names for the enemy is Satan, which means he's the accuser of the saints. The enemy wants to accuse you. He wants to destroy you. He's also relentless. That means he is persistent. He will attack and attack and attack every day, all day, to make you uh, decrease your faith in God and, and frankly, to, to make you run away from God. He's also pervasive. What he does is that when you make a mistake, maybe at work, he'll say, look how terrible you are at work. And by the way, not only are you terrible at work, but you're a terrible spouse and a terrible parent and a terrible person. He'll take the mistakes you made and he'll overlay it with guilt and shame where you go from making a mistake to feeling like you're worthless. And then he wants to convince you that just because you had a mistake, that you are a mistake and you're a mistake from here on out. But here's the good news. Here's a good spiritual truth for us that god speaks positive empowering thoughts whenever you have a positive empowering thought that comes from god why because here are the defining features of a positive empowering thought it aligns with god's word when you have a thought that comes from god it'll align with god's word you see what god thinks about you is true not what the enemy says about you it's what god thinks about you and what he says in his word It'll also advance your life. It won't keep you held down. It'll actually propel you forward. It'll also help you affirm other people. A positive, empowering thought will not only make your life better, but the lives of the people around you. And I'm here to share with you that there are people in your life that are actively praying that you'll think more like God and less like the world. Your kids, they need to hear you speak positive, empowering thoughts over them. Husbands, speak positive, empowering thoughts. In fact, in one of, in one of the, Paul's letters, he talks about how we as husbands should, should wash our wives with the word of God. This also applies to wives over husbands. If your husband is discouraged, speak the word of God over him, and that will wash off the attack of the enemy in his life. It also will adjust to the Holy Spirit. When you have a positive, empowering thought... It'll create space for the Holy Spirit to move. And that's my prayer for you today, is that as you hear the word of God today, that you will create space in your heart for God to speak to you. He loves you. He cares for you. He has great thoughts and a great future for you, and he's inviting you to embrace that. But I think many of us, we confuse automatic negative thoughts and positive empowering thoughts when it comes through the people around us. Sometimes what we think is a negative thought from someone that loves us is actually a positive empowering thought. This happened a couple of years ago with my wife. We got invited to a party at a trampoline jump park. It was a party for kids, okay? Let me tell you, this is a public service announcement. I'm here to help you in very, very different ways. And I'm here to share with you that a trampoline jump park is a death trap for adults. The only two categories of people who should ever be at a trampoline jump park are kids and acrobats. And my wife was very clear to tell me that I was neither of those. And so there was the option presented to us to go out on the trampoline for us adults. And uh, I said, babe, I'm going to do it. And she's like, that's a terrible idea. I said, no, babe, listen, I'm going to be very careful. I'm a grown adult. I can take care of myself. I can do this. This is all right. Uh, What I didn't factor in is the fact that kids have no spatial awareness, and they'll cut right in front of you, and what happened is two minutes in, two minutes in, I fall down because I twisted my ankle. And as I'm bear crawling, mind you, bear crawling to the edge where I could get onto safe ground, there was my wife, And she wasn't like, hey, let me help you. She was like, I told you so. I got no empathy from her. But here's the deal. She was trying to protect me. I think some of us, we've got our wires crossed. We think that because someone is providing us with critical feedback, constructive feedback, that they're actually trying to tear us down when they're really trying to build us up. We need to allow God to reframe our mind. So here's how you do that. Here's the second way to upgrade your thinking. Question how you think. Question how you, T-H-I-N-K, question how you think. You see, in verse 8, Paul gives us eight things to think about. What is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. What Paul is doing in this verse is he's actually giving us a faith filter. He's encouraging us to run our thoughts through a faith filter. But I know that eight is hard for us to remember, so I've actually adapted a framework from a counselor friend of mine, he created this framework. He's at mindsconnected.com. He created this framework and I adapted it and added a spiritual lean to this, to this framework, a spiritual bent to it, and I want to share it with you today. We need to evaluate every thought that comes in in this think framework. We need to ask whether the thought is true. What we're really asking is does this thought align with God's Word? We need to ask when a thought comes in is it holy? Does this thought reflect the character and nature of God? We need to ask, is this thought important? We need to evaluate whether this thought is worth our time, energy, and focus. We need to ask, is this thought noble? Does this help us or just, does this only help us or does this help us and other people? Is it considerate of other people? And finally, is it kind? Does it help us live out love with other people? And here's what you do you ask each of these questions, and if it's yes all the way down, then that's a thought worth thinking. That's a thought you can allow into your mind and into your heart. But if, for example, it's not true, you ask the question right under that. You say, well, God, what is true? If the thought isn't holy, you're asking God, what is holy? What is worth thinking about? God, if it's not important, be willing to ask God, well, then what is important? If it's not noble, you're asking God, what is noble? And if it's not kind, you're asking God, what is kind? You're questioning the thought that comes into your mind. Don't let your thoughts run wild. Have them, have them submit to the power of God. Uh, here's what I want to share with you. The first two questions help us follow Jesus. The next one, help us love ourselves and steward our life and steward our time. And the last two, help us love people, which leads us to the next way we can upgrade our thinking is submit every thought to Jesus. I want to invite you to say this loud and proud because I think this is an important way for us to upgrade our thinking. Say it with me. Submit every thought to Jesus. I've discovered that God has authority over every thought that wants to drag you under. Jesus has authority over every thought that wants to drag you under. And this is what Paul says in another letter to another church In Corinth, in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, he says this, and he's speaking about the fact that not every battle is a physical battle. Some are spiritual battles, and here's the good news. The weapons we fight with, those of us who believe in Jesus, are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, the weapons uh, that God provides to us, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, really quickly, a stronghold is a place in our life that isn't surrendered to God. And if we have areas in our life that are not surrendered to God, this is a base camp in our life where, where the enemy can attack us. And how does he attack us? Well, it tells us in the next verse. And it says this, that we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the obedience and the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What Paul is telling us is that when we allow... There to be a stronghold in our life, an area that's unsubmitted to God. That's an area where the enemy can attack us from. And how does he attack us? He attacks us with arguments and with pretensions that come from the enemy. But here's the good news. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And the weapons we fight with are spiritual, and they have the authority and the power to tear down the strongholds. I'm believing God's going to tear down the thought patterns of the world that the enemy has set up in your mind. He's here to tear them down, and he wants to set you free and instead give you better thinking. But our action step is that we must submit every thought to Jesus. Don't let negative thoughts run wild in your mind. You can actually make them obey Jesus. But here's what I would say. Don't just stop by saying, God, I give you my thoughts. Take authority over them. We need to actually submit our life to God. This is what it says in James 4, 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Many of us were praying uh, for God to cause the enemy to flee, but what's happening is we haven't submitted our life to God. So how do we do this? How do we have a life and a mindset that honors God? This is what we do. We pray a 911 prayer. When a negative thought, an ugly thought comes in our mind, this is what we pray. We say, Jesus, I submit my life and these thoughts to your authority. Take authority over them. I give them to you. And what God does is like a peace officer, like a police officer, he takes custody of that thought and makes it obey him because all authority is given to him in heaven, under the earth, and on earth. When he died on the cross, he got all of the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And he has authority over everything that's trying to take you out. And what you do is you say, God, take authority over that thought. I can't win this battle, but I know you've already won the battle. So I'm giving you the battle of my mind, and I'm asking for you to give me peace. Submit your thoughts to Jesus, and you'll discover peace. Here's the second way to think different and build a better future. The first, uh, the the way you need to do this is think first and then do. Think first and then do. For real honest, many of us, as adults, we have a tendency to overthink. We have analysis paralysis. We think, 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 think. And in the middle of the night, 2 in the morning, we're thinking, 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 thinking. But kids, on the other hand, they don't think. They just do. They just do. They they do, and then they think later. Instead of it being ready, aim, fire, it's fire, and then ready, aim. I'm reminded of a story, something that happened in my family when my daughter was about three or four years old. My daughter loves art. She loves to draw, and she's that kid that wants to use all the colors in the color box. And so she was into drawing, and we would give her paper, and she would come up to say, I want more paper. So she would draw, 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 and then show us the picture. Well, one day, she was so enthralled in her work. She was so focused on what she was doing that when she ran out of paper, instead of pausing to come and ask us for more paper, she turned, and she saw the back of her bedroom door, and she started to draw. Now, here's what I want to tell you. I love my daughter, but she is no Picasso. And so we had to have a critical conversation with her that you don't draw on the back of the door. We need to think first and then do later. And I believe God's gonna empower us to do this in our life because I think many of us, were are either stuck in our thinking or we do and then we think about the consequences later. But Paul, in these two verses, he gives us a success sequence. He says, get your thinking right and then get your living right. And this is what Paul says in verse nine. Keep putting into practice. Say practice. practice. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. What he's saying is that practice doesn't make perfect. It just makes progress. And we need to keep practicing how we think so that it changes how we live. I'm just going to encourage you to keep going because sometimes when we try to change a habit in our life, and thinking is a habit, it's hard. But I want to encourage you to just put into practice, keep practicing. Keep practicing. I also just want to say to every educator here very briefly that Paul in this passage in the first century acknowledges the fact that there are differentiated learning styles. People learn differently. He says this. Some of you, you've learned and received things from me. He says some of you have formally sat down and read what I've written. You've actually listened to me in more of a classroom setting. But he also says there's some of you who learn a little different. You have to watch someone else live. Out their faith. You have, to, you have to get in with it. You have to practice it. You have to see someone else do it. I'm here to share with you that the Holy Spirit knows how he created you, and he can speak to you in a way that you understand, whether it's taking notes and reviewing it or watching someone live out faith and think a different life into, into the future, that they have the mind of Christ. I'm encouraging you. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you about he, how he can transform your mind think first and then do god can help us here's the third way to think different and build a better future it's simply to think like jesus think like jesus did you know that we can think like jesus if you believe in jesus as your lord and savior you can think like jesus in fact this is what paul says in his first letter to the corinthians in verse 216 he says this who can know the lord's thoughts Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of who? Christ. Christ. We have the mind of Christ. I love the fact that Paul uses the word Christ in this, because he's referring to Jesus Christ. And when you look at the word Christ, it's actually a title for Jesus. And what it means is that Jesus is the anointed one. Jesus is the anointed one, and I believe that today, at the conclusion of our service, God is going to anoint your mind and your heart. In fact, we're about to step into a worship moment, and we're just going to ask God to step in and give us new thinking so we can have a better life, and I'm inviting you to prepare your heart for that, prepare your mind for that, that you allow God to anoint your mind, to give you the peace of mind that you're searching for. Many of us, the way that we can think like Jesus is we need to meditate on his word. We've seen this in the culture. The culture, the secular culture, has discovered that meditation is a powerful spiritual tool. But we don't need to be meditating on the things of the enemy. We need to be meditating on God's word. This will give you life. This will change how you think. A psalmist said, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. I'm also reminded about what Joshua 1.8 says. It says this, Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. and And you'll be sure to obey everything in it. He says that if you do, you'll have success and you'll prosper in all that you do. In order for us to have the mind of Christ, we have to have God's word in our mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by allowing God to wash your mind with his word. And I just believe that as we step into this, that God's gonna give you the peace of mind that you're praying for. In fact, this is what Paul says as he finishes Philippians 4, verse 9. He says this, he ends with this Then the God of peace will be with you. I believe God's about to proclaim shalom his peace over your mind. I believe that we need to lean into this moment. And so today, as I close, I want to invite you to stand with me. And I want us to create an atmosphere where he can move. Before we step into this worship moment, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Because saying yes to Jesus is the best decision of your life. Here at Westover, we can know Jesus. It's as clear as ABC. It's A, admitting that we need Jesus, because we do. Be believing that he died on the cross to pay for our sin, but that he rose again to, gave, to give us life and a future. And see that we would confess from our heart with our mouth out loud that we want him to be in charge. And if you want the peace of God in your life, the only way that Jesus can anoint your mind is if you let him into your life. you got to let him up close and personal. And I want to give you an opportunity today to get to know Jesus. So I'm going to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. No one looking. No one moving. This is a spiritual moment. I know that some of you who are here, you're listening, you've heard about Jesus, but you don't really know him. But you want to know him today. Well, today he invites you to come close to him. I know some of you you may have ran away from faith in Jesus. He's inviting you close once again, and this invitation is for you. If you know you don't know Jesus or You've been far away for a very long time. This invitation is for you. On the count of three, I want to invite you to raise your hands. You're just saying yes to Jesus. One, two, three. Yes. Hands going up, front to back, side to side. Jesus sees you. He loves you. He knows you. I'm going to invite you, those of you who have raised your hand, to say this prayer with me. In fact, we're all going to say it together. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for going to the cross to pay for my sin. I accept your forgiveness. And now, God, I put you in charge of my life. Now, God, I give you my thoughts. I submit them to you. Take control. Give me peace of mind that comes from you. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. If you just said that prayer, congratulations, welcome to the family of God. I want to encourage you to text New Life to the number on the screen. I also want to invite you to to join our Faith Essentials class. And finally, when it's an opportunity for you to get water baptized, I want to encourage you to take that faith step. But right now, I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward, and we're going to pray that God would anoint your mind and transform your life. He's here in this house and he's here to minister to you. But we must open our mind and our heart to him. So I want to invite you to raise your hands. We're just going to create an atmosphere. And I want you to have an open mind and heart. And if you need prayer, if you need prayer, if you need God to give you the peace of mind that you've been searching for, this prayer team's available to you. I want to pray with you. Let's, let's just lift up the name of Jesus. Jesus, we come to you in this moment. We need you, God, to anoint our mind and our heart. We need you to take control of the war that we've experienced in our thought life. And God, I ask right now through your authority and your power that you would proclaim peace over every person. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move through confirming that what people are sensing in this moment comes directly from you. I pray, Lord, that they would hear your heart. I pray, Jesus, that you would anoint their mind and their heart and protect them, God. We need you today, Jesus. We lift you up. We worship you today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Our prayer team's available. They want to pray with you. They want to encourage you now. Let's all worship the Lord because he is worthy.